Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and this weekend I found my new favorite cocktail. Ooh, I can't wait to talk about that because I have a lot to say there. And I I am the Champ, and I want to know why the word ambiguous doesn't have more than one meaning. (laughs) It should have more than one meaning. Right? Right, and it shouldn't be clear. Right, so where'd you come up with that? I don't know. I heard it. I, I, I listen to too many things. I'm too easily influenced. You know that. You're stealing other people's material. <laughs> oh, isn't that what the isn't that pretty much what the world does? Yeah, that's true. All right. <laughs> right. It's just relearning stuff. Yeah. Talk to me about cocktails. What's uh, um, are you venturing into the cocktail world? Well, um, you, know, you, you sound like a beer. Seem like a beer and wine, um, person. Yeah, and it's probably the opposite. I'm probably a wine and beer person. But uh, I was over, uh, we were over at my brother-in-law, John, and Carol's mm-hmm. uh, friend of the show. Uh, and he, nice. he had Dogfish Head Delatucky Mint Julep. So what? Do- Dogfish Head's making mint juleps. So it's pre-made, you know, it's just a plug and play. You just pour it into okay. a glass with ice in it and put some mint in it. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. It had like a peach flavor to it, so it cut the bourbon a little bit. Um, okay, so so a couple things. First of all, Dogfish Head still makes their own spirits, correct? So I'm I'm sure they're probably doing that. Correct. Um, they they do. Yeah. No. Number two, that's the next big thing is the canned cocktails. Um, that a lot of um, breweries slash distilleries are are making their own. Like like Rogue um, is doing that. Um, and thirdly, did you not have um, a few years back when we were still having pre pre COVID um, Kentucky Derby parties? Did you not have my mint juleps? I did. I did. Okay. Yeah. But and I, how did it compare? Uh, well, it's, I'm bad one to ask. Careful here. I, Careful here. And it's not personal. It's it's not it's not you. It's me. But it. <laughs> Boy, um, that just sounds like a dating line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. You're a very nice person. It's just me. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you haven't used that line in about, <laughs> oh, about 35 years. And if you have, don't admit to it. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm, I'm not a bourbon person. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a spirits person. So, okay. Uh, it, the, this Delatucky mint julep is a good mint julep for people like me who don't really like bourbon. But you know what I mean? So it, it was a okay. little more fruity. I felt like yours was a little more on the bourbon side, and I'm not being critical. I'm not being critical. <laughs> no, it's critical. okay. Be, be, it's interesting that you say that because we are really veering here now. But <laughs> when I make when I make the mint juleps, because I, I pre-make a lot of those, and the first thing I do when people come in is shove it in their hands, right? <laughs> right. And a lot of ice and mint juleps, and, and, and I pre-make it, and um, Carrie tries those, like – I know for me, I, I, I flip the script. I, I, I try and put too much bourbon in um, and, and just a little bit of simple syrup. But I asked Terry to try it, and if she says it's perfect, then I even cut it further for everybody else and, you know, okay. tell them, you know, hope that they're ice. Because think about it. Most people that, that, that are attending these things, they probably don't drink many cocktails or have bourbon. I'm kind of the outlier. But can I, can I ask you a question here? Yeah. If we look at a pie chart, a pie chart, okay, and we have three variables here. We have beer, wine, and spirits. Okay. Of those three, in terms of consuming, what percentage of each would you say makes up that pie? I would say, uh, off the top of my head, 70, um, 28, and 2. 70% being uh, wine, 28% being beer, 2% being cocktail-type spirits. Really? Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But it was good for people like me. Like, you, you would you would probably drink it and say, yeah, it's a little fruity for me, but yeah. You know, and it came in a bottle. It was, you know, nicely packaged. And, and I, I did what, have what those did, whiskey sours. That, you know, Dogfish what, makes those canned whiskey sours. What did you say the ABV was on that? Because usually a lot of the canned cocktails are only like five or six percent ABV. Uh, okay, this is twenty-five percent ABV. What? I'm looking right at it. 
I'm looking up Holy at the website. Holy crap. Delatucky Mint Julep, ABV, 25%. For a canned cocktail, that is extremely high. Good for Dogfish Head. It's no higher than the 120. <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, just just a little bit, but yeah. most of the canned cocktails are really low. That's, that's mm, mm, I got to go see if I can find that. That That is awesome. So, so maybe here's what we can do, since... Uh, maybe we'll have uh, next time we do an evening edition of uh, this week in the Bush League. Um, we'll, we'll we'll serve wine with that. We'll, we'll have you talk wine because well, it's a little bit more sophisticated. I'll tell you what, if refined, we have, if you will, if we have any more of these trade offers come through, that will be happening. Oh yeah, you know what? I probably should have let, let off with this, you know, by saying, "Hey, That's on right. this podcast, listener discretion is advised." <laughs> When you're hearing the clink of ice, get, buckle in. Cause yeah, all right, let's get into it. <laughs> all right, let's start with the uh, transactions. Um, what kind of transactions did we have this week? I, I don't think we, we had know. We had 10 players that were picked up by six different owners. Okay, all right. Uh, we'll start with the Bulls. Picks up Michael Perez, the catcher. Uh, that's the guy to hit the three homers this week, right? Okay. Yeah, he drops Nick Fortes. Uh, Bulls also picked up Trace Thompson, the sibling of one of the Splash Brothers. He drops uh, J.T. Friedel. I guess Friedel's losing playing time now. I don't, I don't even know if he's playing. I, uh, I don't know what's happening in Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. So the, uh, the they're the two Bulls. Uh, the dudes, the dudes had problem adding, uh, and we'll get into this with the rule change thing. But he has too many players again, so I, I have to drum something up drum an email up and send it to him. Um, do, do, you, do, you think, do you think that we've made our the, rules too complicated? Either that or we need to have a seminar sometime midwinter um, to go over the rules because it seems like we've, uh, we may have lost our way. Mandatory seminar. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, this isn't going to be online. This could be in person too. Yeah. And no alcohol being served until afterwards. Well, except for the instructors. Like, I can drink. Just the uh, maybe, maybe we'll just serve wine. <laughs> Uh, tentatively, the bull or the dudes picked up James McCann, um, Jonathan Davis, center fielder for the Brewers, and Donovan Solano. He's back in the league, huh? Okay. Yeah. So they're good the for him. they're the tentative pickups. Uh, I, I got to see he's he might have to drop two of them. Uh, we'll go the the Lakers. Uh, how, how do you say this guy's crook? Narciso, Narciso. Narciso. Yeah, that sounds it. Narciso. 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 Uh, all right. Crook, uh, he is a outfitter for the Cubs. He drops Pavin Smith. And he also picked up Gary De La Santos, a relief pitcher for the um, Pirates. Pirates. Uh, looks like he's yeah, good, on a COVID. Good for him on that. Like that. Yeah. I, I mean, this, this, is, this, is, um, this, this is a move in case uh, Bednar sure. gets, gets traded, which will yeah. probably happen. So. I, I had him on the radar, and I'm like, eh, I'm still three or four weeks out. I'm not going to pick up De Los Santos yet. I'll be darned if the Lakers didn't go ahead and do that and beat everybody to the punch. Good for him. Yeah, uh, and I think they're the only two for him. Bearcats pick up yes. Dallas Keuchel, uh, who got he, – he's really having arm problems and trying to stay healthy and trying to get back in the league. Uh, Arizona picks him up out of – did the White Sox drop him? Is that who dropped him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I missed what happened because he started on Saturday, right? Oh, did he? Michael? Yeah, I, I think so. Did, did how did, did do you know how he did? I'll take a look. Go ahead. Yeah, you you take a look and and um, I'll keep going. Uh, Bearcats, I think that no, they also picked up oh Derek Hall, the the home run hitter for the Phillies. Yeah. What do you have? He had three this this week, I think. He's another one that had three. His first two hits were homers. Um, so we'll see if we can keep that pace. Uh, Bearcats pick up. I love this name, Buddy Kennedy. This is like a like a seventies shortstop, right? Yeah, it's a throwback. Yeah, Buddy Kennedy. Uh, VR gets dropped because he got picked. He had dropped by the Cubs, and then he got picked up by the Angels this week. Uh, so he picks up Buddy Kennedy. I think that were his only fab pick. Uh, Superhawks pick up Hunter Strickland, so <laughs> one of the nine relief pitchers for the Reds that seem to be in and out of the league, our league anyway. Um, and I think that was his only pickup as well. Yeah, good for the Superhawks because I also bid a dollar, and I guess I lost in the tiebreaker. 
and that kind of wraps up uh, the the uh, fab the for fab. the week. Did, did, did you bid it all this week? I didn't. I, I, I had I should have because I shouldn't have trusted Lamont Wade. He came back and he started, you know, he's going to play. And then he, he hurt his elbow. I mean, this guy's. Oh, my gosh. Are this you guy's serious? made out of cream cheese. Wouldn't that happen yesterday? Yeah. Oh, it's it's like this, this, this guy's a joke, man. Like, I, I, I don't, I'm not dealing with him anymore. Hey, as as Fred Sanford would say to Lamont, you big dummy. <laughs> Are you talking about me? Yeah, I should I should have. Yeah. No, not you. To Lamont. Yeah, cream cheese, man. That's what he's made of. I, I, like I don't, I don't know how he hurt his elbow. He didn't. I don't think he got hit by a pitch. So, like maybe this guy's a hypochondriac. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm getting tired of this guy, and he, and he's actually a good player. He, he he can produce, but you can't produce anything when you're on the bench. I don't know if it helps you, but I had him last year. I picked him up in Fab for a good portion of the season, and I went through the exact same thing. Well, when he played, he was productive, but he didn't play enough, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's absolutely it. Yeah. So, um, and and you know the Giants have forty-seven outfielders, so you better be Ugh. healthy so you can get in the field. So anyway. Um, yeah, they're fading fast, the Giants. Yeah, I thought they would be on the trade market for a pitcher, but I don't, I don't think they are, and I don't know if they're gonna cut anybody loose to get a to get somebody um if we're looking at the standings review overall right uh lakers still up top but the lead is diminishing a little bit and i'm not so sure if it's him i guess he's dropped a little bit he's 34 and a half and 35 i think he was up in the 37 38s you know the past couple weeks so he's at 69 and a half this hawks coming up fast and his is all pitching he's still struggling with the hitting side uh, same with the Statman at 63 and a half. Uh, his is mostly hitting. Um, the dudes who, who turned over their lineup over the last month, it's still in the same spot, where he's 36 points in the hitting and 25 in the pitching. I guess the pitching's getting a little better. I'm trying to remember. From Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, Ducks dropping a little bit, mostly in the hitting. He's got to get guys in the lineup. Uh, you had a rough week. You're at 58 and six. Bearcats at 49. I'm at 44. Bulls dig out of last place. He's at 42, and uh, the Rebs just have no offense of anything, and and drop to 40. Um, but I, I see it now as a six-team race. I, I think everyone's all six teams are in this thing. All six of those teams are in the in the race. So so here here's my immediate thoughts is that. Um, two or three, four, maybe four years ago, um, we had a really tight um, battle for first place. Um, I, I want to say there were like six teams within six points, something like that. But um, what I noticed this year is that the gap, 30-point gap between top and bottom is not all that significant. So, you know, it, it makes it nice. And I, I guess the key to that is everybody competing to make, to make that um, – to make it interesting, right? Because last year, I think the Hawks were so far ahead and the Ducks were so far at the bottom. I mean, we had like a 60-point spread, something like that last that year. Now, yeah. yeah, that could still happen this year, but it, it's good to see at roughly the halfway point that it's still relatively tight. Yeah, and and plus six teams that are have viable chance of, of winning the thing. Yeah, but in next next week it'll probably be down to five. What's <laughs> Okay, uh, so we're, we're going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to do the top half for the week, correct? Yeah, you are, because I made a mistake. Uh, I want to punish myself since I moved into the bottom half. I decided that I would do the bottom half. So um, let's start um, Let's start with, with, with your team, though. Um, once again, you, you, you have a really good offensive week. 18 homers, 41 RBIs, um, Hoskins, um, Justin Turner, who really struggled this year, had three home runs. Yepes, three home runs. O'Neill Cruz, three home runs. Um, talk about your offense just for a second. Yeah, I, so my offense, uh, when when Hoskins gets hot, and if Turner just can't find himself, I'm Justin, I mean, um, he, he has not had a consistent year. It, it was nice to have O'Neill Cruz. He kind of had a little spark. I think he had 11 ribs um, this week. Uh, I, I think my offense is not bad. I, I, I struggled 
in the outfield because I can't keep guys healthy. Um, but if if uh, we'll talk about it later, but if this trade goes through, I'm going to add two offensive players for one, and and we'll see if I can gain more ground on the offensive All right. side. All right. Um, uh, pitching wise, Ian Anderson, what is wrong with him this year? He yeah he he's horrible. It's like the league right? figured him out quick. Yeah. I, 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 don't you think something he he must be hurt because uh, he he just had a bad week and so did Graham Ashcraft. Yeah, Ashcraft's going to have that because he's young, and so I don't, I don't worry about that too much. Um, but Anderson is is a little disappointing. Yeah. yeah. All, right, all right, running on to the Bulls. Um, uh, running of the Bulls, here we go. Um, let's see here. Offensively, he had a balanced uh, balanced week. Nothing really kind of stood out there. Pitching-wise, uh, Luis Castillo, um, in what might be his last few starts with the Reds, had a nice week. Um, he got a win out of him, 17 Ks, and, and even Wainwright, 14 Ks with, with Wainwright. Um, what do you think about Luis Castillo and his chance of staying with the Reds? Uh, probably pretty slim because I think the Reds want to come off of him. He's way inconsistent for what he should be or could be. Um, I, but you're right. He had two really good quality starts this week. I, I don't know what you'll get back for him. He's still young. I guess teams will take a chance on him. But, yeah, yeah I, I, would, I would get off of him if I could. What do you think, looking in a Yankees uniform, huh? Uh, yeah, As maybe. if that's all they need is more pitching. Yeah, yeah but he can, he can blow up at times, so I wouldn't mind him going to the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, Bearcats, uh, Patrick Wisdom, who I didn't think was going to be this much of a home run hitter and being playing all year. Three home runs, eight ribs with, uh, with, with the Bearcats last week. And uh, – your challenge last week to Eduardo Escobar had a good yes. week, three home runs, six yeah. RBIs. Because you, you you were saying, and correctly so, that he was in danger of losing playing time. Yeah, I, I think he was. And it, maybe he's doing enough just to buy himself another 10 days. And and um, and he's a better hitter. I think he's just getting old. I think his bat's slowing yeah. down. Um, Bearcat pitching. Um, what I highlighted here was, first of all, he only had four starts, Bearcats. Um, and that's that's tough to sustain anything um, long term because you lose in some of those what I'll call bulk categories, um, you know, with strikeouts. Um, but I, I guess a nice sign is Blake Snell pitched five innings, twelve strikeouts. This guy, can you figure him out? No, and it must be frustrating to watch because I saw the highlights off his twelve strikeout. Um, or I don't know if he had twelve strikeouts in a game, but he, his curveball looks a lot better. It looks a sharper. Um, of course, it didn't curve when he hit Harper in the thumb, but um, mm, yeah, it, it, his breaking ball looks sharper. So, got, you know, it's just not hanging out there. Uh, dropping down to the Rebs, um, as you pointed out in uh, earlier, um, 210 at bats again, seven home runs, 19 RBIs. Um, that's like a good week for uh, you know a player like Harper or somebody like that, like a. Um, just, just not a lot of at bats going around, and um, he needs to address that soon, or else he might be uh, might be falling in into the abyss. Um, pitching wise, um, one of the things I noticed, Nick Martinez got yeah. a save. Yep. Um, what are the Padres doing there? Yeah, you know what? They're winning and they're spreading the wealth a little bit, and um, and he's a good pitcher. I, I I think he's effective, and and you know I know it's a little early to be getting guys work before the playoffs, but I think he, he's going to help will come playoff time, this guy. Do you think there's a big difference um, with managers? Do you think that's why the Padres? Because think of their team this year versus last year. Same players without uh, without Tatis, yeah, and they seem funny? to be performing so much better. You think, you think a steady manager, um, think that's what it is, or, or just the yeah. year under the, another year under their belt? Uh, you have to think so, right? Because it's not like Snell is – you know, vying for the Cy Young. It's not like they're riding his back here. He just started pitching well of late. It must be. It just must be the voice that they're hearing in, in the in the clubhouse. Clubhouse? Yeah. Okay. And then we'll drop to uh, drop to my team. Um, yeah, I'm really missing Bryce Harper. Um, nice thing is is that Mookie Betts is, is back and on the roster and hopefully gets um, O'Neal back, but only eight home runs last week. Um, and then uh, – if there was anything good, it was Ryan Helsley. 11, 
11 strikeouts in four innings last week with a win and a save. Um, but my pitching, as you foreshadowed, Garrett, um, even Gallon had a bad start. Mitch Keller, Contreras, um, all just look, look bad. Um, we'll see. Um, there's not much out there to, to do. Um, I'm just hoping that maybe I can bash my way back into back into the money. I don't know if I can win it, though. So, so anyway, a, that's... A couple things. I guess Harper did... The loss of Harper affected your team more than the Phillies because the Phillies seemed to be hanging tough without him. Yeah, as we talked about, yeah. you had asked that question last week in the podcast. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, too, is you had a 70 ERA, and I, I had a 690 ERA and didn't finish last for the week. So I appreciate, I appreciate your, your roster's effort to kind of keep Hey, I'm, uh, I'm here for you, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. brother. That's what I do. Uh, What's happening with the top half? Okay. We'll, Take me through that. Yeah, we'll start with the Ducks. Um, offense is slowing down a little bit. Uh, Ozuna, you know, he, he hit two home runs, but he, he only had five hits for the week. Uh, Christian Walker hit two homers, only had four hits for the week. Josh Bell had a really good week. Uh, he wrapped out 10 hits, 22 at-bats. Uh, not much production, but it, it helped his OPS a little bit from – being worse than it could have been he's still missing Renfro and, and that'll have to he's got to wait him out um Alcantara still cruises along man yeah he you know what I saw that start against he had against the Cardinals and he went out there in the ninth inning and just said listen give me the ball and um yeah this this guy I think to your point might be the best pitcher in the National League and then the beast that he has uh Spencer Strider Spencer Strider, six innings, 11 Ks, got the win. Uh, he had one walk and allowed one hit. That's a, that's a nice that's a nice two-start tandem right there between Strider and Alcantara. Yeah, when when the Ducks picked him up, Spencer Strider, if you remember, go back in that podcast, I had no idea who he was. Good, good, for, good for the Ducks for picking him up. Um, he needs to make a few more acquisitions um, in, in, in FAB or players getting healthy. Um, because he doesn't want to fall too far behind. Yeah, he but took, uh, that pitching looks strong. Yeah, he took two zeros this week, and and I, yeah. I, I think he's trying to hang on, hang on, hang on. But I I think he might need to uh, make a move. But it, it's a strategy, and his pitching is solid. It's just it's just keeping his head above water right now until, um, you know, some of his guys didn't have good weeks too. So, um, but yeah, it's still still a, a good team. Um, Moving on to the dudes, right? The dudes are in fourth. Yeah, um, pretty good week. You know, he 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 picked up Schwarber. Of course, he picked him up at the end of the month. He needed to pick up Schwarber in the beginning of June and not end of June. But he still he still uh, wrapped out two homers for him. Um, uh, on the pitching side, it's still it's getting better. Uh, you know, yeah, it is. Yeah, it it's getting better. But he, he's he's got Scherzer. Tentatively coming back, you know, they, they keep pushing him back a little bit. He may get a start this week. Canley Jansen goes on the IL as soon as um, as soon as he traded for him. Uh, Kimbrell got beat up, and it seems like he's a little injured. Ranger Suarez just went on the IL uh, probably mid-July-ish, and he hasn't really been pitching that well. So he makes those trades for the pitchers, but... And then he gets guys on the IL. It's almost seemed like two steps forward, one step back. Um, and he's got Jazz Chisholm on the IL. So he, he's he's still in it. Um, but he, he needs those pitchers to get healthy and, and get out there. Um, he did have a good outing by uh, Kyle Wright, who he picked up from me a, a week ago. Um, it, it, it's the um, pitching with him, right? Yeah, a couple things that I noticed. Start with the relievers. Um, good for him for picking up Tanner Scott a couple weeks ago in in Fab because he's he, you know this past week a win and two saves with with Tanner Scott, and I I, I gotta believe that the Dodgers aren't gonna let Kimball um, close um, going into the second half of the year. I think they're gonna be looking for um, for relief help. Um, looking at you, David Bednar. Um, just because it, it, I, I just I, I just think that that he's not, not the same player. No, he's not. Yeah, and and I don't think anyone expected that. But you, you know, it, it, it when he gets hurt, that's even worse. Um, but 
yeah, he he's still got to figure out the pitching, and it, and he deals with it every week when he tries to deal somebody. So yeah. Um, and then we got the Statman, who who are making a big push. Uh, yes, they big, are. Big week out of CJ Crone. He got eleven ribs. Uh, everybody else is pretty consistent across the board. You know, as far as RBIs and runs scored. Um, a, a nice pickup by by um, picking it up by Brian Reynolds. I think he had that three home run game. Kind of showcasing his skills, so when he gets traded um, to the to the Yankees as well. Yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, Reynolds has been hitting the ball much much better. Uh, his average is down to two forty, but his you know he had an OPS of, of over nine this week, and and uh, mostly because of the three home run game. So one game pushed his stats up, um, but he he is he's having better better at bats. You know he <laughs> he's still got Tyler Stevenson. Who will come back at some point this month? Who, who's a good player? Um, Estrada, who will come back yeah. at, at some point this Stevenson month? Stevenson will come back for, uh, in two weeks, and then he'll be yeah. hurt in two more weeks. Yeah, right. So we'll get some we'll get some numbers at him. Yeah. So, uh, this Tony Gonsolin uh, just keeps cruising along. Yeah, he does. What um, a nice pickup. And same same with David Peterson, right? Yeah, Peterson as well. Although um, he may miss his start this week, I don't know. He's got like a it says right. personal thing. So either way, right. it's just one start. Um, you know, he, he doesn't have much depth in the pitching other than Degrom. Uh, eventually, he'll come back, but his his pitching's kind of hanging in there, right? Quintana continues to pitch well somehow, and he doesn't get wins, but he continues to pitch well. Um, yeah, Degrom is on the rehab trail right now, and. Quintana could be another one of those players that is, is is on the move. It's going to be an interesting deadline for Major League Baseball with some teams. Yeah, um, and then it will we'll see when Gonsolin kind of wakes up a little bit. But right now he's 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 just cruising. Um, yeah, he is. Moving on to the Hawks, who another team is picking it up. Um, Rowdy Telez hit 160, had four hits, three homers, eight eight ribs. <laughs> that's mm. that's pretty good production. Um, John Birdie, he still leads the league every week in stolen bases. He got four, and Edmund swiped a couple this week. Uh, you know, when you when you look at his team, it's it's fairly consistent. He's he's got Naquin on the I, on the IL, but he's got Tatis just hovering out there. Maybe he comes back mid August ish, you know, where he's ready to go, and and that's a nice little pickup, right? Yeah, the, the 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 Hawks look really balanced and look like they're poised to to make another run right now because I, you know, his year has kind of been typified by Charlie Morton. Right, started out really bad, and you know Morton has come on now. Woodruff pitched good last night. You know Burns um, is, is is Burns Nola's pitching well. His team looks strong, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, and then Carrasco continues to pitch well. I mean, he had a six-three ERA, but that was that one game he just got destroyed. But the other other outing, he pitched he pitched pretty well, good enough to get the win. Um, uh, Kyle Hendricks pitched well. I don't know how long he'll be in Chicago, but he could end up. I mean, he could end up somewhere in the National League with a better team, and then he becomes a more valuable pitcher. Yeah, and and Nola still, you know, that's the thing about Nola. I mean the. They, they were beating the crap out of that team, and he gives up four runs and six in the third innings. And and I can't imagine Bob, or I guess he pitched seven innings. Bob watching it, it's like, are you kidding me? Like, I know you're going to get the win, man, but yeah, quit just throwing those hooks right over the plate. So mm. anyway, uh, and then uh, like you mentioned about Woodruff, Woodruff had 18 Ks and two two starts this week. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, and then he doesn't have him in the in the in the uh, active roster, but Brad Hand, I think he had a save this week as well. And then, yeah. Good. 75 strikeouts last yeah. week. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yep. Um, and then moving on to the Lakers, uh, Real Muto had a pretty decent week. Looks like maybe he's waking up uh, a little bit. Arnando is a monster still. Uh, I watched the, the game where him and Goldschmidt were actually on the pace that both hit for the cycle. What was that, Friday night? <laughs> That was, uh, yes, Friday's game. Yeah. And then Saturday was the four home runs. Yeah. Back to back to back to back. Uh, his, his, his offense is hanging in there. Um, you know, Nelly Cruz had a bad week, and he needs Cruz to play well, and that way his, his offensive stats stay high. He's got Bader still on the IL. 
which he'll be back here in a week or so. Maybe at the end I, of the I season. don't know. I don't know. We've got that plantar uh, fasciitis. fasciitis. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, keep, I'd keep an eye on that. Um, Tyler Anderson looked like he had a chink in the armor, but he came back with a with a win this week. Max Fried yeah, continues to pitch well. Merle Kelly continues to pitch well. Tyler Maley got the loss, but he had five innings, five Ks, three six CRA. Um, Musgrove hitting some bumps a little bit, but he pitched well with ten Ks and in seven innings. And then Zach Wheeler's, he, you know, he he's he's starting to find himself now. Yeah, um, I I think the Lakers are going to be there. I, I know they were kind of crying poor earlier um, about their team is sinking, which. You know, uh, I wish we all could be in first place with a sinking team like that. So, you mentioned about De Los Santos, right, for the Pirates. Yeah. And, and kind of yeah. as a proactive, let me see what I can do with this guy. Um, if De Los Santos makes any impact, if they trade Bednar, like they're saying, he actually could gain a couple points in, in saves as well. If De Los Santos could close games. So, it's, sure. it's a nice risk-reward there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that kind of wraps up the uh, the top half. A- any thoughts? Um, I, I, I think, obviously, as history has shown us, there'll be some shaking out before the um, b- before the, the tra- Major League trading deadline at the end of July. Um, I wish I was headed in the right direction because I think it's still going to be close. Um, Statman and Sewerhawk, excuse me, yeah, Statman and Sewerhawks look, look strong and the Lakers, so it could be kind of, um, could could be a, a kind of a repeat of, of last year's race. We'll see. All right. Um, so we had one trade this week. We had a couple attempts, but we had one trade. The Bulls and the Dudes, the Dudes seem to be on the trade market on a weekly basis. They swapped uh, Adamas for Caleb Killian, Madison Bumgarner, and Darren Ruff. So the Dudes pick up Willie Adame and... Um, the Bulls pick up Killian, Bumgarner, and Ruff, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Not sure what the Bulls are looking at there um, because I, I see Bumgarner and, and Ruff. Um, I don't think either one of those players would be retained. Killian is, has struggled this year. He's maybe somebody he would retain, but uh, there's only so many retention spots. Yeah, and the, I, I guess the uh, – Jury is definitely still out on Killian. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Bumgarner actually might get traded. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how he's pitching right now. Do you know? Um, I, I want to say he, he's been, I, I don't know, um, off the top of my head, but I want to say that he's been okay. He's been serviceable, right? I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about the Diamondbacks. So they, they don't really have, any intentions of, of, of competing this year. Um, looking at his stats, 16 starts this year. Um, actually, a serviceable 3.63 ERA yeah, and a yeah. 1.37 whip. So, so so not horrible. And 57 strikeouts. He's not the same strikeout pitcher that he used to be, right? 57 strikeouts in, in 79 innings. So um, I, I think to your point, if they want to move him to a contender, that's that's a possibility if, if – if the Diamondbacks are willing to pick up some of the salary. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, and I mean, he's left-handed, and he's pitching a lot of playoff games. So, yeah, yeah, he's he's not real effective anymore, but, yeah, he's he's still a – you certainly have a conversation about – And him. and if I was starting a rodeo, I, he would be my number one pick. Absolutely. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, or uh, if for some reason they got rid of the DH in the last two months. So it would be nice <laughs> – Nice hitting pitcher. Uh, yeah. We had some objections, and I, I think we talked. You and I talked about this this week. That y- you can recall one trade that was objected from the league, and this week we had three. Yeah, and that also involved the Bulls. It was the Bulls and myself that got rejected. Um, I'm say it was three years ago. It was pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Okay. Pre-COVID. Uh, yeah. so so the Bulls statman that the original trade that was rejected was uh, Wilson Contreras, Mikel Franco, and Juan Soto for Rafael Ortega, Ben Gamble, Max Meyer, and Tawan Walker. Um, that was rejected. Uh, they came back, and the statman added Eddie Rosario along with Ortega, Gamble, Mayer, 
Meyer and uh, Walker, but for the same three, and that was rejected as well. So I, I get it from the Statman's standpoint, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're getting um, a great player in, in, in Juan Soto. Um, he's not a retainable player, I don't believe, and Wilson Contreras. Um, I, I saw Bill make the argument that if the trade goes through, that these players could be traded in Major League Baseball. Um, yeah. Once again, I, I, maybe at some point we can have Bob send us a text as to what he was thinking and picking up some of these other players because – uh, I see a Max Meyer being probably somebody who could be retained or a uh, uh, Taiwan Walker. Um, I, when the second trade went through, I mean, he added on Eddie Rosario, who's on still in the IL, right? He got a bum eye. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, yeah. Hmm. All right, then almost I, I don't understand that. Simultaneously on that second bull statman trade, the Lakers – and the Bulls worked out a deal. Uh, Lakers were going to send Dustin May, Patrick Corbin, Merrill Kelly, and Johan Aviato to the Bulls for Adam Wainwright and Hugh Darvish, and that got rejected as well. So tell me, tell me about these rejections. Do you think they're strategic? Do you think it's just not a fair? Like, what are what are owners thinking when they reject these trades? Because this is rejections now number two, three, and four, if you will. In, in the history of uh, trade rejections. Yeah, all within about a five-day period. Um, yeah. These three were in a five-day period. I, I, I don't think they're strategic, um, although there's nothing in the rules that say, you know, that that you can't do that. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think they're strategic. I think they were player-based. Um, I'm wondering if the Lakers trade was a little more, once that, that came out, that I, – I, I didn't think that was going to get through after I saw it. I, I, yeah. It, I just, I don't know. Um, I, so, I think they're player-based. So Hopefully it, it's not rejecting based on owners. No, I don't think, I, I, I don't think so. I, I, I think that each, I, I, I'm guessing that each owner looks at it specifically and says, wait a second, does this even remotely make, make, make sense? And, and that's where we would need some, some text information from from the Bulls because I guess from their side it doesn't look like um, they're getting the, the better end or an even uh, even swap or close to being even. I don't know. It's a it's a guess. But you know what precipitated this, uh, Chief, was that I guess when that first deal between the Bulls and the Statmen there was a text and can, can I can I read the text here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it was, uh, I guess Rick was first when he saw that, that trade. He said, hey, Statman, congratulations on the championship. Let us know where our trip is located next year. Um, so a couple things to that. Um, you know, Rick was already kind of giving the championship to the Statman should, should he have made that trade. And the second thing is is that I was wondering, well, why would Rick care about where the trip was next year? Just a little humor. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. And then, and then Bob Kirk followed up. Uh, he was a little bit more harsh and uh, said, yep, uh, agreed. These tanking trades are silly. Rule changes on tap for 2023. And he says, abolish all retention. Um, do we want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, we, we can get into that. Go ahead. Okay. Um, uh, I, you know, certainly when people saw that trade, obviously it uh, – emitted a lot of emotion um, right away. And that goes to the point that it, it just did not seem like a fair trade, right? When people um, text like this. Um, I don't know if abolishing all retention is is the answer, but here's what I would, would, would ask everybody in terms of trades, retention, you know. Um, I would even look at, at FAB. If you remember, two years ago, I tried to reduce the amount of fab from 10 to eight and that got rejected because if we open up the player pool, maybe more people are able to pick up stuff in, in fab so that we don't need to make trades like that. But I think what we need to do is, is really think about it over the winter and, and, and write these proposals up, you know, let's not wait until the winter meetings and then three beers in, we decide to make a rule change because that's how these things start. 
is that we're at winter meetings and, you know, we're drinking and, you know, spur of the moment changes are made that have unintended consequences, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, just to piggyback on, on Bob Kirk's text, that's who it was from about the retention, right? Bob Kirk said that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and you and I had talked uh, before and, and a couple times throughout the week, just texted back and forth. And I'm, I'm more inclined to scale everything back to the original. So make it almost a redraft league is what you're saying? I mean, again, it, that, that's what I'm inclined to Okay. Do. Yeah. Here's what I would say is that I, I, I probably would not vote for, if we're talking uh, retention, I would not vote to, to abolish it in, in 2023 because people have already constructed rosters that would start to include retention for 2023. I, I, you know, if people want to talk about uh, abolishing retention, it, for me, it would need to be in the 2024 season just because people have already done that. Does, does that make sense? They've already kind of planned for that? Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm absolutely yeah. on board with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've done that before. Yeah. We've When we've made rule changes, not all of them were immediately affected. Yep. So, so, so let's let's talk about the trades for a second here, because it, it's a to reject a trade. It's just a simple majority. Is that correct? I think it's five, five of okay. essentially eight, eight owners. Because the five two, eight. That okay, make so, the owner, yeah, so, so it's not quite a two thirds majority, but sixty three percent. Yeah, I, I forgot Bill's text. You know, I guess he was trying to defend the trade that that basically said that there's a possibility that Soto and Contreras get traded, and I guess based upon the major league baseball rumors about Soto that the, the, the nationals have offered him huge contract and he's rejected that. Um, he probably will be traded. I mean, there's no re- real reason if the nationals can't sign him, why not trade him? Um, well, let, but let, Bill, me, so, let me, go ahead. Let, let me talk to that. So I, I mean, I have something in the works now for Juan Soto and Contreras and you're right. Soto and Contreras may be traded, but you know, the, the Rockies didn't trade story last year and they took the draft. Correct. Pick. Um, and, and maybe, you know, the, the nationals could certainly do that. And I, I know it's not a 50, 50 shot. He ends up in the national league, but it's, it's, it's still probable. He ends up in the national league. Right. And yeah. 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 So I, you know, that's where I looked at, like there was no risk on Bill's part. So anyway, yeah. And Contreras could still up in the national league and they might not trade him. And just take the draft pick. Yeah, it's it, it's. I mean, he's still under contract through next year, right? Contreras. Yeah. Oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, Soto is still under contract for next mm, year. I don't think he is for the Nationals. I think he's a free agent. Really? Okay. Well, I'm, you I'm check that out as, yeah, as yeah. I finish out yep. Bill's text. Um, is that um, he also says he he had another point that they still haven't gone uh, to LA for his 2019 championship. Um, but funny. I think that's more of a that was more of a COVID issue than a league issue. Yeah, I I, I forgot that he, he that was funny. Yeah. Uh, he signed through 2022. Arbitration eligible in 23. Early okay. free agent in 25. Okay, so he he, he still. I mean, they could sit it out. I mean, the, the arbitration will mm-hmm. be record-breaking sure. if he goes to arbitration. But there's no reason that, to your point, that the Nationals couldn't, couldn't sit it out. Yeah, they could wait it out. Yeah. Yeah. And trade him in the offseason. I mean, they still, you know, they could, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so with, so with the repealing of retention and, you know, Bob Kirk makes the tanking uh, text reference. Uh, does tanking work? Do you think? Let, let me let me give you my thoughts on it. I, I okay. Think, I think it's a novel, I, like the oyster idea. Um, I I I think when I thought through it, I I thought it'd be kind of cool. Um, but I'm not sure if it actually helps. It's just it. I have no data behind my statement at all. But it's just it's just my thoughts. Um, that's interesting because that would be the first place that I would start if we were going to to make some changes is is possibly get rid of that that waste rule and that was a great idea that you brought up probably what ten years ago yeah something like that yeah the one year too early um, 
Yeah, I, I guess I would just ask everybody as we get through this particular year is really start to, to, to look into it and say, hey, what can we do? Do people really think that standings are being manipulated? Are people intent? I don't think anybody's intentionally trying to make a bad trade. Um, at least I would hope not. I, I don't think that's happening. But I understand the concern of some people. It, it's it's going to be a close race, right? So a, a, a trade this year is really going to um, impact things. And I, I just think we need to, to sit down and, and, and really give it some thought and, you know, write down our ideas so that everybody can have a, 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 good, a good discussion on this. You know, how to, you know how to incentivize people staying in it? Is if you finish last, you can't retain anyone. Well, you, you know, th there are certain rules that we could come up with, right? Instead of, and this isn't a big thing, right? And so instead of getting the first pick in the reserve round, and I'm going to spitball here, maybe we do it, you know, NBA style. Or maybe we say that, that they don't get the first pick, that the people that don't finish in the money, you go in order of, you know, fourth through tenth players go first. So the first, the person that doesn't finish in the money, the first person, which would be the fourth place team, they get the first pick down through 10 and then one through three. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no. I, yeah. And again, I, I don't know if that's a big deterrent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, having the first pick? Probably not because if you're going to keep oysters, you, you forgo those picks anyway. Cor correct. Yeah. So, so maybe hand in hand. You know, getting rid of oysters and and doing it that way. I I don't know. These, we're we're just spitballing here. Yeah. So you do have some data on the tanking thing. I I, I do, and I, I went back and I looked um, for the last ten years in terms of teams that finished first and teams that have finished last. And and not to say, let me put a disclaimer out there that says not every team that finished last that their intention is to finish last, to tank, to try and get better players for the next year. But going through the last 10 years, okay, here's how those teams finished the following year. So in 2010, the team that finished last finished sixth the, year, the next year. Um, then seventh, um, let, me, let me run through the, where, where the teams had finished. Um, sixth, seventh, 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 sixth. Second, sixth, um, Bill did go from first, from last to first one year, and then tenth. So teams that basically what I'm seeing is that teams that finished last year before don't significantly improve into the money, with two exceptions. Now on the opposite side, teams that finished first one year, here's how they finished the following year: first, second, second, third, first, third, fifth, and first because it was a tie that year, eighth fourth and third so it looks to me that th this based upon this is that teams that were bad finished marginally well the next year but teams that finished first were close to the money the following year so based upon this anecdotal information not even anecdotal no it's not anecdotal. I, I don't i don't i don't think that that tanking works all that well uh no, and that was that, that was my thought without knowing any data. Yeah. And and if anybody wants to see this, if, if there's an interest, let me know, and I can put it on the website. I'm not going to put it on the website now, but I, it, it's not meant to inflame or accuse anybody. It's just meant to say that, hey, I'm looking at this, and just because you finish last one year doesn't mean you're going to be in the money the next year. Yeah, and, and you're also making the claim that just because you finish in last doesn't mean you tried to finish in last. Right. Yeah, all right. To, 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 you know, here's what, here's what my uh, uh, thought would be, is that if you finish well, strong one year, that you have a good retention class for the following year. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So if we really want to mix things up, yeah, that's where, to Bob's point, maybe we do away with retention because teams that have done well um, the previous year – should have a strong retention class by yeah. its very nature. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And it, and it alleviates some, yeah, anyway. Um, so have we walked this minefield really well without trying to accuse anybody? Um, you know, we don't, 
I, I guess the thing is we don't really want there to be any any hurt feelings out there, right? My mindset, you know, my mindset is the is for the strength of the organization. That's all I. I'd care agree about. with that. That's all I care about. I, 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 yeah, I support that 100. percent Yeah. So whatever strengthens the organization, that's what I care about. I don't care about anything else. Hey, can can I take this in a completely different direction? Yeah. All right. Um, this is kind of like text talk, although it's kind of Twitter talk. Um, I follow the Bush League on Twitter, and I guess there was a, a general tweet that asked, um, who is the first player you think of when you see that Expos, that iconic Expos yeah, logo? Yeah, that was cool. Right? And, and, you, and you responded to that tweet. What did you say? For some reason, Rodney Coolbreeze Scott popped into my head. <laughs> He is not the best player the Expos had. There's certain—I mean, they've had some Hall of Famers, and he's certainly not the, um, you know, late '70s, early '80s iconic person. After I started thinking about it, I'm thinking like, man, Warren Cromartie and Ellis Valentine and uh, Steve Rogers, Gullickson, you know, Charlie Lau or not Charlie Lau, Charlie Lee. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I think there are numerous players that I probably should have thought of, but Rodney Scott was the first one I thought of. That was a really interesting response that you gave. And I'm like, wow, how did you think of Rodney Scott? I guess the first person that I think of is Tim Raines. Tim Raines, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like there's a plethora of players I should have thought of. Larry Parrish? So so, so here's my hope. I, I, I really do hope, and I know you probably don't feel the same way, but I, I hope that the Rays end up splitting time between – Tampa and and Montreal. I know it would be tough for them, but I would love to see that. That's a great idea. Yeah, I, I just I, I would rather pick a lane and just just go uh, to Montreal. But you know, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think they're. I don't know. Maybe they'll split and maybe they'll work their way over. No, I don't. I I, I don't know what what yeah. what baseball has in in store for that, but uh, it. It, it it seems like a great idea. I mean, what 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 you know? Un, unless the Yankees are playing in Tampa or the Red Sox, they don't draw at, at all. So why not why not make the Yankees and and Red Sox fans a little bit easier commute to uh, to, to Montreal from yeah. those cities? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, and you thought of Tim Raines? Is that the, that's the first I did? Guy? Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, Mark Appel. Appel, yeah. Mark Appel uh, cracks the big leagues with the with the Phillies. It's he was uh, um, twelve years. Uh, let me let me do the math. Uh, it was actually uh, twelve years from when he was originally drafted, thirteen years. But um, he was actually the first round draft choice in two thousand thirteen. He was originally drafted in two thousand nine, a fifteenth round draft choice by the Tigers out of high school, but became the number one draft choice by the Astros in 2013 um, out of Stanford. Hmm. So I'm looking at baseball reference. Yeah. And I see he was drafted by the Tigers in the 15th round in 2009 out of high school. The Pirates yes. in the first round, eighth overall in 2012 by the yeah, by the Pirates, Pirates yeah. and then he did not sign. Okay, and then drafted by the Astros first overall in 13. Well, he was drafted three times. Um, yeah, wow. Okay, so he, he had some big hitters that were uh, that that he was drafted with. Chris Bryant was the second overall pick. Hmm. Yeah, and, you know, everybody gives – credit to the Astros and how great they did, you know, based upon rebuilding that team. Um, they, they passed on Chris Bryant for, for Mark Appel, but I guess the bigger thing here is, listen, it, it, it's always a little bit of chance. And the fact that this guy, uh, I guess he is, uh, when I was listening to the broadcast, um, it took him the longest of any number one overall draft choice to get to the major leagues. And I think he was even out of baseball for a while, but you know, it's it, it's actually a nice story, right? Nine years, uh, ups and downs, and it, I, I guess the uh, 
the pressure of being a number one draft yeah. choice has yeah. got to be tremendous. And the yeah. fact that he hung in there that long, you know, he may not have a significant major league career, but just to get back um, after struggling through all of that, good, good for him. It's a good story. Yeah, he missed 18, 19, and 20. Then he came back with the Phils in 21 in the minors, um, and then 22, and then he gets called up. Yeah. So he's pitched in two games thus far, and and um, he's got two innings under his belt. Yeah, it, it is kind of cool. Hey, the the other guy I was I was looking at that um he was drafted last year and didn't sign that Kumar Rocker. You know what I'm talking about? I I do. Um, Kumar Rocker. I guess the Mets yeah. um, drafted him last year and then found some uh, uh, I guess health issues okay. for Rocker. And and I and I think what Rocker said was listen. Here's what I want to sign for, and if you don't want to sign me, I'm going to play a year in independent ball, and I'll take my draft, uh, take my chances in next year's draft, meaning uh, 2022. So he should go fairly high in this this year's draft, right? Because you know, for whatever, however good independent ball is, apparently he's shown that he doesn't have those same health concerns. Well, yeah, especially as a pitcher, and you're really just looking at what's his velocity, what's his breaking ball look like, and what's his inning count. Like you, you don't you don't necessarily care what his stats are. You you know what I mean? You just want to you just want to give a visual look at can he get through five months, six months? And yeah, I think he's playing in St. Paul. That's where I think he's playing. Uh, yeah, that 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 sounds right. And yeah. you know, I guess it was really interesting that it, it, of of all franchises. To not take a chance, it was the Mets because the you know the Mets always seem to have you know look at their pitching staff this year always seem to have pitching, pitching issues, issues. Yeah. and you know so but maybe maybe they're more in tune with it I don't know or maybe they just couldn't afford like we can't get this kid this money and him never pitch for us um, I I would disagree with that because I I think of all the owners um, we we've, we've talked about this Steve Cohen has the deepest pockets um, he's the He's worth the most of, of, of all those owners, and I, I think they're salivating. There, they, the Mets, are salivating at getting a chance to to bid really high on Aaron Judge when he becomes a free agent and steal them from the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. Have him and uh, Alonso in that lineup. Um, all right, I do have a twib note this week, brought to you by Schaefer. Yay. Schaefer, the one beer to have if you're having more than one. I had a Cutlass. Hellas Lager. It's from Salud Beer Company in North Carolina. It's a Mexican beer. Uh, ABV 5%. Didn't see any beer advocate rating. Uh, I gave it an 85 like I did the rice beer last week. It's clear. It looks like a Budweiser, but it has more taste. Uh, easy to drink. It's good couple for a hot summer day. That's, that's about how I would rate this thing. Okay, good for you. How, do you. how did you choose this beer? I've never heard of Salud Beer. So remember, I told you there's a place in Lancaster that has 800 different beers, and I said if he's yeah. if he's off, he's not off by much. Uh, I really just looked at the can, and thought that's kind of cool, and I grabbed it. I like I, it. I, and I'm trying to stay away from the IPAs. I'm trying to take your advice and and kind of spread out a little bit. I still can't get into the dark beers. It just in my head, it just doesn't seem appealing. But uh, how about we do this? How about we save that for the fall? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right fair. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that'll, yeah right. that'll push it off a little. My anxiety of tasting it. <laughs> oh, brother. Uh, some podcast corrections, follow-ups. The I guess the Angels and Mariners brawl is a little more significant. Yeah, I said it was much to do about nothing. And um, I don't know if you've read anything, but what, 12 players uh, between uh, the two teams were suspended um, between managers uh, bench coaches, uh, <laughs> an interpreter <laughs> for the Angels got suspended in this. I mean, this this just went this got crazy, right? An interpreter. I didn't read that. That's funny. Yeah, interpreter Manny Del Campo received a two game uh, suspension for his actions. How are they uh, going to communicate catching, with any catching pitches? coach? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe he said something. I, I I'm guessing he's an interpreter. Well, is, I guess. Is, Spanish, right, with that name Del yeah. Campo. Yeah. Guess he wasn't interpreting for uh, for Shohei Otani, but uh, yeah, they had one, two, three, four, nine players. The Angels suspended, and, and and I guess the biggest of all was 
manager Phil Nevin suspended for ten games. Yeah. Um, because I, I I think what they said was he had this rookie pitcher Andrew Wants. Um, he actually started him in front of Jose Suarez, who was supposed to be the starter. And I, I guess the thought was is that the intention was that he was going to hit. They were, he was going to be this sacrificial lamb, right? This rookie pitcher. And if you're a rookie pitcher, what do you do? Here you are in the big leagues, and like, hey, all these guys are counting on me. I, I guess I got to be part of the team. I'm going to hit. The, I'm going to throw inside to one of their best pitchers or best players. Yeah, uh, that that's interesting that he did that. Yeah, and he probably told the other guy, hey, "Kate, hey, start warming up because he won't be here that long." Like, yeah, <laughs> he's gonna get. He's gonna, he's gonna get ejected, um, oh brother, uh, yeah. Ten games is pretty significant. Yeah, yeah, that's that's real. All right, um, and, and just on a side note, uh, you know, last week I started. I I told you I was um, gonna watch the Angels a little bit this week. Yeah, yeah. Love the uniforms. I saw the home games. I love the new uniforms they have. I, they kind of look retro, but not retro. I, I, I think they're really cool. Um, I did see Otani pitch. I, I've never really seen him pitch. Um, th- this guy's real, man. He, 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 like he is. The Japanese guys, they throw five pitches. And, and he throws a, a four-seamer. Um, you know, he, 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 they always come up with that uh, pitch that kind of screws up with people's timings, you know, with the leg kick timing. Um, yeah, yeah, he's got a nasty breaking ball, and of course he throws the ball ungodly hard. Um, offensively, I, I, man, they don't really do much. Um, they've got this kid Jared Walsh, who uh, I think he got picked off at first base yesterday when he hit a single to right field because he wasn't paying attention. Maldonado came up on him, and and Altuve threw it behind him and picked him off. Um, and Jared Walsh, he's he's got thirteen homers. He's got a uh, a high OPS. He does pretty well. Middle infield is kind of like a 70s middle infield. They're decent defensively, but they struggle at the plate a little bit. I mean, their shortstop's hitting 167. Um, and Brandon Marsh, who I think is supposed to be pretty good, isn't, isn't producing. Even Trout's hitting 272, but his OPS is over nine. Um, and Trout's got 23 homers, and that guy's still a monster, man. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have three really good players. In Walsh, Trout, and Otani, and then everybody else is just kind of average. Um, they miss Rendon, and the, I, I didn't see enough of their pitching. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, other than um, other than Otani, I, I don't know what their pitching is. The Sandoval seems to be a decent pitcher, and you know who's pitching well? Syndergaard. I saw him. Um, yeah, I think he's kind of off and on. Right, so let, let me let me see if I can summarize this. Are are you suggesting that angels are descending? <laughs> angels are descending. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Syndergaard's strikeouts are way down, way down. He's got forty seven strikeouts in sixty five innings, uh, which yeah. is unlike him. But he's his ERA is better. Um, yeah, and his WHIP is really good. It's a one point one seven. So I, I yeah, I, I don't know what to do with this team. I, I don't. They, they got a decent closer in Iglesias, um, but they, they, I mean they're they, they just they're not consistent enough. I wonder if I watched them like the Phillies, I would say the same thing. You know, this is not I don't consistent. know. As, as quickly as I was to jump on their bandwagon, I'm breaking my ankles jumping off their bandwagon. I'm <laughs> I'm writing them off already for this year again, yeah. once again. But love the uniforms though. Love the uniforms. There you uniforms. go. Yeah, there you go. All right, what are you walking off with? All right, well, uh, I'll make this quick because I'm tired of hearing myself today. It is now 1041 here on this uh, uh, Monday. Yeah, um, everybody, there's 1105 games, so make your roster changes uh, quickly because it's going to close out soon. And the last thing I want to mention is that the Gold Monkey Report for June is published, and it's on the website. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. How about you? What are you walking off with, Chief? Uh, I remember we talked uh, a couple weeks ago about manager changes, and I was like, you yeah. know, sometimes it works, and and sometimes yeah. you know you get stuck. And uh, the Angels and the Phillies are good examples. Uh, Joe Mag gets fired at twenty-seven and twenty-nine, and Phil Nevin comes in, and they get they get worse. They're they're ten and fifteen since he took over, and he and he's not even in the dugout for the next week. Um, well, maybe they can sign Madden to a 10-day contract. <laughs> <laughs> the Phillies, on the other hand, 
Girardi gets fired at 22 and 29. Rob Thompson comes in, and they're 20 and nine since since wow. the uh, since the shift, and they lost their best player. Um, so maybe maybe it is the voice in in the office that that the players are just responded to. There you go. Yeah. All right. Hey, Chief. What what, what do we got next week? What what day are we on? We are on. Uh, let me let me scroll back up. We are on Sunday, July 10th. I will be in Cleveland. Yay. All right. So we'll be coming to you live from Cleveland. Um, and then uh, we're back on the Monday schedule. Then Sunday the 24th we'll be back on because we will be in Pittsburgh. All right. Hey, do yourself a favor when you're in Cleveland. Go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and make a trip to Southern Tier Brewing. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, we got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame tickets and uh we got the the whites are the cleveland white Sox tickets and uh, i will make it make a trip to southern tier excellent all right enjoy your week all right enjoy your trip talk to you next week